Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today I want to share with you about the imminent invasion of Israel. Actually, I uh, had initially uh, spoke on this and, and wrote a book even on it in 2010. And, uh, but since then, so many things have changed and also my understanding of the subject, I believe, has, has increased greatly. And so I wanted to share this with you again, but bring in the, um, the new insights. And of course, seeing the world situation as it is now, it's, a lot has happened over the last eight years. And it really, everything is lining up for this invasion to take place more than ever. So it's even more imminent than ever. And I'm talking about the invasion that's predicted in Ezekiel 38 to 39 verse 16. And this is a remarkable prophecy. First of all, it's a prophecy that gives great detail about a particular invasion that would happen of Israel in the end times. And it's in the times that we live in, because it talks about this invasion will happen in the latter days. And it describes Israel as having been, you know, if you look at, especially at the context of the few chapters beforehand, it shows that Israel, having been scattered to the nations, is now has been regathered and is dwelling as a nation again in the land of Israel. And ne but nevertheless, it's before her national s conversion, national salvation at the, at the second coming of Christ when she's fully established as a nation in the blessing of God. Uh, because out of the events of this battle, lead to other things and ultimately lead to this, the wonderful um, visions of Ezekiel, uh, the end of chapter 39 and chapter 40 to 48, which describe Israel in the land in the, in the millennium. And so this, this uh, chapter is, talks about our time right now, since 1948, Israel regathered back to the land. And uh, it's not the Battle of Armageddon because, again, we'll see in chapter 39 that after this invasion and after God intervenes in great judgment there's they, they take seven years burning the weapons of the invading army so that tells you how big the invading armies are but it also tells you that it's at least seven years before the second coming of Christ and quite probably more than that so it is um, quite likely before the tribulation and so this is something that, that will happen in our time, and we'll know when it happens, because the prophecy has so much detail. And it's amazing, and it hasn't been fulfilled yet. When it does happen, it will be uh, one of the major events of history, one of the great divine, event divine interventions ever. And in terms of the sequence of end-time events, we've seen 1948. That's an amazing sign to the nations that God is brought Israel back into the land. We're around the 70th anniversary of that right now. And then, in 1967, the recapture of Jerusalem, that was another fulfillment of prophecy, because Jesus said in Luke 21-24 that, uh, that the, the Jews will be scattered to the nations until uh, the times of the Gentiles are completed. That, sorry, that Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles un until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And then 
she will have Jerusalem back again. And that happened in 1967. And really, the next major event that's clearly predicted needs to happen as, as part of the end-time sequence of events is this invasion of Israel that's described in Ezekiel 36. So I want us to take a look at that again, because as we see the players in this, we will see that everything is aligning, everything is moving towards uh, the fulfillment of this prophecy. And we need to be ready because the Bible says that God himself will, will deal, will step in. God is a God of war and he will step in and judge these invaders and that will cause a worldwide revival. It says that God will be glorified in the eyes of all the nations and it will trigger a turning to God in Israel but also among the nations and so this will be a great opportunity to preach the gospel. Well, uh, <coughs> let's turn now to Ezekiel 38 and let's read the first few verses. Now, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshesh, and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say. And so he speaks to Gog, and this is really like a title. Gog means mountain or strong ruler. It's like Pharaoh or Tsar. You know, this is a powerful dictator type person. And uh, he is the one who is initiating this invasion. But as we read on, we'll see that actually God, God is using this as an opportunity to judge Gog. Um, and so God is ultimately in control. But Gog has his own evil motives to, to invade Israel, and yet God is going to, knows exactly what's going on, and this is all part of what God plans to do. So, Gog of the man, land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshesh, and Tubal. Well, in my book, I, I go into the, the detail of how you can trace the origins of these names and which, which countries they refer to. But um, this is pretty clear that this is, it certainly includes Russia. Later in the prophecy, it says that the Gog comes from the far north, and far north of uh, Jerusalem is, is Moscow. Uh, Rosh might well connect with Rus or Russia, Mishesh, some connect with Moscow, Tubal with Tobolsk. But um, even if you don't make those identifications, Magog is definitely the area not, not to the north, um, which includes Russia and, you know, those kind of areas. Prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Mishesh, and Tubal. I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws, and lead you out with all your army, horses, horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. And so here it says that God actually is bringing, um, and sometimes God uses Israel as the anvil of judgment, and he brings them against Israel. They have their own motives, but God is in control, and he's bringing Gog against Israel, as to, and then will judge him there. God's foreign policy, of course, hasn't changed since Genesis 12.3. It says, those who bless Israel will be blessed, those who curse Israel will be cursed. And, and so, as they come against Israel, they bring judgment on themselves. And you can see that again and again through history, and this will be a classic case of that. Then it describes some of the other nations involved in this. Persia, that's Iran. 
And it's interesting that Iran is aligned with, uh, with Russia at the moment. Uh, and uh, we see actually in recent history a real polarization going on now between the West and Russia, between the United States and Russia, and Iran is very much um, part under the Russian umbrella. So Persia, or Iran, is with them. Kush represents uh, the area south of Egypt, and that is Sudan, um, and Libya are with them. All of all with shield and helmet. Goma and all its troops, the house of Togomar from the far north with, and all its troops. Now, and many other peoples are with you. So there's a whole lot of other nations too, but the ones that are mentioned here, apart from, from Russia, are generally Islamic nations. We, we uh, again, Sudan, Iran, Goma and Togomar, a prop. Uh, cover the area of Turkey, and Turkey recently has become more and more anti-Israel under, uh, under the president there. And, and so this is largely a from an invasion from the north, from the far north. So that's Turkey. I, I think um, Crimea is involved in, in, in Goma too. And so we have this Russian-led invasion from the north. And this, you would have thought that Russia wouldn't need all these other nations, but we've seen recently that this is what tends to happen, especially if countries want some respectability. Uh, for instance, when America went against Iraq, it didn't do it on its own, because then it looks like they are invading for their own purposes. But when it's done as a kind of act to deal with um, you know, Saddam Hussein, then to give it respectability, they put together a coalition of forces to do that job, and then it, it, it's more acceptable, you might say. There's more international support. And so in the same way, Russia will put together a coalition of forces to move against Israel. And by doing a coalition, it will have more international support. It will be harder, again, for the, for the world to, to resist it. And of course, all the Islamic nations, they, they actually want Israel to be weakened and to be brought down somewhat. And so, you know, they will naturally be part of this coalition. Well, uh, Magog is the, is the key territory there. And they were, the people that, the, that lived there were called the Scythians. And this is, uh, they occupied the area of Russia and possibly the republics of the former Soviet Union and, and Turkey. So that's all involved in the term um, Magog. Well, it says it comes from the far north. Again, in verse 15, it says, I will turn you around, speaking of Gog, and lead you on. Um, you will come from your place out of the far north. And then in Ezekiel 39, verse 2, it says, I'll turn you around bringing you up from the far north and bringing you against the mountains of Israel. That's Ezekiel 39, verse 2. So that definitely tells us it's Russia, Turkey, and also Iran are the main invaders. And that agrees perfectly with the present political situation. You could, you could almost imagine it happening tomorrow. I'm going to point out in due time that the invasion is of the mountains of Israel. 
and whenever it talks about where the invasion is it doesn't exactly say Israel but the mountains of Israel and that's an important distinction that we're going to talk about because the mountains of Israel is actually the West Bank if you looked at a map of the mountains and a map of the the West Bank the two are practically the same so not all Israel is mountains is high ground in fact uh, there's the coastal plain, there's the Shepalar, and there's deserts, and so on. But the mountains of Israel are the high ground, which actually is the heart of biblical Israel. That is actually what the world calls the West Bank, or the Occupied Territories. I don't like that title, because it implies that Israel doesn't have the right to occupy those territories. Uh, and that, of course, the West Bank is the area that is claimed by the Palestinians. But, of course, Bible believers, we understand that, in fact, God has made a... God, every, the whole earth belongs to God, and God has the right to dispose of the land as he pleases. And he has covenanted the land of Israel to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to the sons of Jacob, that is, to Israel. And so God has decreed that it's his land, and it belongs to his people, Israel. And therefore, the contest, even now the main contest or controversy in the world, is over the mountains of Israel, the, the West Bank, which um, Israel actually captured in the 67 war, and, and since then have, have held it. And, and this is the disputed territory. It's interesting, actually, if you read Ezekiel 35 all the way through 38, the, con the controversial area is the mountains of Israel. Again and again, you'll read, the mountains of Israel is the center of the controversy. And God makes himself clear that the mountains of Israel are ordained for, for Israel. And God will deal with the, the proud enemies, as it were, who, who try and lay their hands on the mountains of Israel. And this will be a great test case, you might say as to whether the God of the Bible and the God of Israel is, is, is alive and powerful because these nations will come to seize the mountains of Israel. You see, this is not an invasion of Israel per se. That is less likely to happen because, you know, Israel is a nuclear power and uh, Israel, if her very survival is at stake, she would use those weapons. <laughs> And, and it seems unlikely that there, there would be an invasion of the whole of Israel. But what Russia and the, these nations will calculate is that they could invade the mountains of Israel, that is, the occupied territories. They're not going to directly threaten Israel, and they will say, well, according to the UN resolutions, this land doesn't belong to Israel anyway. So that, what they're going to do, and what the pretext for this invasion will be, is to enforce, for instance, UN resolutions 2334 and other such ones which declare that Israel's occupation of these areas is illegal against international law. And if the break, peace, course, uh, peace talks have broken down and the settlement activity increases, um, particularly as it might do under the current President Trump, um, giving a strong support of Israel, they'll feel safe and secure, and that's exactly the language used in the prophecy, that they dwell securely. They feel safe there on the mountains of Israel. And 
Russia will calculate, um, and it, she'll have her own reasons for doing it, but the official reason will be to solve the Palestinian issue, to enforce a Palestinian state there. The two-state solution uh, is uh, what the world wants, uh, although it's not what God wants because God has made himself clear that the whole land is his and belongs to Israel. But the world wants to divide the land into two and human reasoning might say, well, that's the solution. But they will uh, perhaps if it seems that peace talks are broken down, Russia will seize his opportunity to gain power in the Middle East, but the official reason and the respectability will come, as well as through using a coalition of nations, it will be made respectable because it will be to exact the will, execute the will of the nations, execute the will of the UN, as it were, and create a Palestinian state there on the mountains of Israel. That way they will calculate there's nothing much that Israel can do about it. It would be foolish for Israel to go to war against Russia, un, you know, if, if, unless her own survival is at stake. But behind what's going on, actually, is that Satan actually has a two-stage plan for the destruction of Israel. The first stage plan is to take control of the mountains of Israel, to set up that Palestinian state, then Israel's position will be then mu that much weaker. And then stage two will be then to, to wipe Israel out itself. That's, that's the plan that Satan has. Um, and so step one is to take the mountains of Israel. And that actually is what's attempted here by Gog. But Gog will fail, and we'll explain why later. But uh, actually... Where Gog failed, the Antichrist will succeed. Because halfway through the tribulation, this is in Matthew 24, 15, um, it, it talks about the fact that the Antichrist will invade Israel. That's when he kills the two witnesses. And that's when he sets the abomination of desolation up in the rebuilt Jewish temple. He desecrates the temple. And then Jesus said, "Is when you see the abomination of desolation in the holy place, then let those in Judea flee to the mountains. Flee to safety, because now it's the Great Tribulation. So I want you to notice that it's particularly the ones in Judea. Now, the biblical name for the mountains of Israel is Judea Samaria. So actually, what, what the Antichrist does at mid-tribulation, he takes over the mountains of Israel. He takes over Judea Samaria, and, which includes East Jerusalem, the, the ancient Jerusalem. And that will be stage one. And when he does that, then, then the Jews in Judea, those who believe at least, will, will escape. And they'll escape to Petra in Jordan. And so the Antichrist will actually succeed in conquering the mountains of Israel as stage one. Then, having done that, his stage two is three and a half years later when he gathers the armies of the world for the Battle of Armageddon or the War of Armageddon, rather. And that is, of course, now Satan's attempt to finish the job off, to totally wipe Israel out of existence, exterminate the Jewish people, and thereby beat God. Because God can't establish his kingdom, his purposes, apart from Israel, because God has, has committed to Israel. And 
covenanted with Israel and the kingdom of God is the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant. He can't do it apart from Israel. And so that's the bigger picture, you might say. And so this is an attack on the mountains of Israel, and I think it really helps to understand that. And we can see how that could happen any time now, under the right conditions. And it, and it explains why Israel, in the prophecy, is not seen fighting back. She has actually uh, got no choice, really, to accept this invasion. It would all depend if America might step in and, and make it into the Third World War. But in fact, whether America and others would do that, we don't find out, because actually God steps in, and God says, this one's mine. And God destroys the enemy armies on the mountains of Israel. And uh, this explains as well, of course, that how come God was able to judge all the enemy armies, which he does by forces of nature, um, how can he do that without actually judging the Jews at the same time? But of course, if they, invade, if they invade the mountains of Israel, then all the settlers in the settlements will naturally flee to safety to Israel proper. And then the judgments fall on the mountains of Israel and destroy all those invading armies without destroying uh, the Jews who have escaped. So that's a bit of an overview. And so... If we want to, uh, we want to go on now to verse 7. He, God is again speaking to Gog. He says, it's a battle between Gog, God and Gog. <laughs> Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your armies that are gathered around you, and be a guard for them. In other words, Russia is the leader, and he is the protector. He, is, he provides the, the weapons, and he is the major power in this. Be prepared, yes, prepare yourself, you and all your companies that are assembled about you, and be a guard and a commander for them. And of course, Russia fits this, and of course, the President Putin fits Gog, because he, he is practically uh, in total, has total authority in that situation. So it's difficult to imagine anyone else fitting that situation. It would take a long time for someone like uh, Putin to, to rise up into power. Then it says in verse 8, after many days you'll be visited, in the latter years you'll come into the land. So in other words, this is in the latter years, and we are living in the last days of the church age. In the latter years, and this is when Israel's been regathered, it says you'll come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many peoples on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate, they were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely or securely. And so here is the picture of the nation uh, of Israel regathered to the land. So that's only happened since 1948, and they are now back, and they're also settling on the mountains of Israel, and they dwell securely. Now that doesn't mean that there's no danger, but securely means that they have a strong military, they have a strong defence. They, they feel more secure now, also because every time the nations around them have attacked Israel, Israel's always won. And so they, 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 there's a security in that. They also have a security in their relationship with America, the main superpower in the world. And sadly, it's not a security because of their faith in God. They haven't come to faith in God. Although it says as a result of God's intervention in this war, many of them will will come to faith in God. 
And so it's an invasion of Israel, having in the latter days, having been regathered to the land. Then it says, you, Gog, and your armies, you will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. This is a massive invasion that floods the mountains of Israel. And it seems like there's nothing Israel can do about it. And as long as they st st don't cross the, the actual border of Israel, then, of course, Israel, it doesn't make sense for Israel to risk her survival by fighting this enormous army. And Russia, of course, is a superpower. And so this, this invasion, God is very clear, this will happen. This is a major end-time event. And I believe the pretext of it will be for a Palestinian state to be established on the mountains of Israel. But God is not going to step back. God is actually, uh, says God is going to be angry at these nations. And he is going to take action. He's going to roll up his sleeves and he's going to judge them in a very clear way. When it happens, everyone will know that the Bible prophecy has been fulfilled. So many people will believe in the Bible again. And when they do, we can say, look what else the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches the Messiah is Jesus Christ. He died for your sins. He rose from the dead. Give your heart to him. This will be the greatest opportunity to preach the gospel. And um, we need to understand that um, we need to be ready for this event when it happens because it will be a great catalyst for revival. Again, it, the mountains of Israel are mentioned in chapter 39. It says, Behold, I'm against you, O Gog, Prince of Rosh, Meshesh, Tubal. I'll turn you around and lead you on, bringing you up from the far north and bring you against the mountains of Israel. And then it says, These armies will be destroyed on the mountains of Israel. That's Ezekiel 38, 21. I will call for a sword against Gog throughout my mountains. See, God says it's my land, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother. And then Ezekiel 39, 4 says, You will fall on the mountains of Israel, you and all your troops and all the peoples with you. All of those armies will be destroyed by God's intervention. It's going to be dramatic. You may already have my book called The Imminent Invasion of Israel, but this is the revised, expanded edition. It's practically like a new book. It's been rewritten with lots more information in, new revelation in, brings you up to speed with the present political situation. And so this book is all about what is going to happen anytime soon, that invasion of Ezekiel 38. So I've just rewritten it. I've expanded it. It's much bigger than the previous one. So please... Even if you've got the old one, it's really out of date now. You need to get this one. The invasion of Israel. It's going to happen anytime soon. Make sure you're ready. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services, which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.